0: Welcome into the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. It is Tuesday of week two. J.P. Shadrick, Kai Stevens, John Osier recapping the Jaguars win over the Indianapolis Colts for the final time Then a little sneak preview coming up of the Kansas City Chiefs, the world champions come to Everbank Stadium this Sunday. Let's put a bow on this Jaguars win over the Colts and Doug Peterson talked about it after the game, he talked about it again on Monday, a a full team effort, all three phases contributed to the win in one way or another, special teams punt return was big for Agnew, Uh, the defense really was the star of the day, and then the offense had their moments and, and made some big plays and cashed in touchdowns to overtake the Colts at the end, John, and... Hey, sometimes that's what it takes. You you talked about it all week coming into it. It might be a fight to the end, and it certainly was. The good teams in this league win
1: this way. Um, you didn't play your best. I don't think they're satisfied with it. There are a lot of mistakes, and they won a division game on the road. They're in first place in the division. Nobody's tied with them, and they have a road win already. They won by 10 points, and we're complaining about a 31-point Uh, game from the offense and a 10-point margin total. So uh, (laughs) I guess it's a new era of Jaguars football.
2: You guys were on the opposite side of things for a while. So, (laughs) you know, playing close and then not coming away with a victory, obviously, you know, that frustration. So now this is a good problem to have where you get the win somehow. It doesn't look great, but you got the victory. I'll give John his flowers. He called this out last week and said it was going to be a lot tighter than we all thought. And that uh, it was going to probably end up being this way. So You're a genius, John. Full credit to John for being as wise as he is. Well, I
1: take credit where it's deserved and undeserved. So I'll take it. I'll take but, again, a, a lot of angst and a lot of fans just really angry and worried. And I'm not. Week one's weird. If you win, you're happy. And it, so uh, I think they'll be fine. I don't have any question the offense is going to be good at some point this year. They'll get into a rhythm. Yep. Uh, they didn't play their best, and they won the game. Defense, Enjoy it, JP. Uh, yeah, Come on,
0: it's yes. That's how it happens. Yeah. It's not a margin of victory. There's no the power rankings don't matter. There's not an AP poll. Only mine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> eh, whatever. Um, but the the win matters, and that's what happened on Sunday. The defense held the Colts to a combined three of seventeen on third and fourth down in the game, and that was a story really for both sides, but. The defense stopping them in big moments on the fourth down conversions. Uh, you gotta get off the field in that moment, guy.
2: I we've been talking about the defense for months now and for us, I will give them all the props. Josh Allen came out like a man on fire that's playing for a contract and that's exactly what happened. Three sacks, but also his tackle for loss and just like he was in it felt like he was in on everything, which is exactly what you want to see you setting it up for others there was a couple could have been sacks if Anthony Richardson wasn't as strong as he was getting the ball out last second it easily could have been you know they had four four sacks as a team it easily could have been five six seven and I, they kept them in this game, right? And, and I think Doug Peterson alluded to that on Monday when he was talking to us saying, you know, sometimes until the offense gets to where it's going to be for the entire season, the defense really helps you out in those first couple of games. And we certainly saw that on Sunday against the Colts. And if this is what they can do when the team's in trouble, we've been talking about them playing with a lead, how good they could be. If they show they can be this good, even when, you know, keeping the team in it, the sky's the limit for them. The offense gets going to what we think they can be
1: i thought josh allen played like josh allen always does uh frankly he he had three sacks um he's had a lot of games in the past where he almost had three sacks this time he got credit for a couple and played great against the run and was solid and was their best defensive player which i think he has been for some time uh the defense kept them in it in the first half um with some big stops in the second quarter, when it felt like the game could have gotten away from them, but in the second half, after they gave up the Pittman touchdown, um, I had the stat wrong this morning uh, when I was writing it. Five series they gave up a total of two yards. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. Until that last one where they were already up ten, and and it and it felt like they were just trying to manage clock more than trying to get the ball back. The Colts at that point had taken a lead on a weird play you felt like was getting away from, five straight series with a total of two yards. Um, I don't care who you're playing. That's, it's that's you know, big time. Yeah. And, you know, I got to even say, oh, Mike Caldwell's this. Mike, look, they came up big when it mattered most. I don't know if they'll do it again. I don't know if they'll do it Sunday. It, it's a harder task. But within the task of what they could accomplish on Sunday,
0: uh, they were the difference.
2: So can we talk a little bit about, like, everyone's complaining? They scored 31 points in a game they didn't play very well.
0: Exactly. And on the offensive side, Kai, to your point, the Jaguars on offense were combined 4 of 15 on third and fourth Mm -hmm. downs. And we talked to Doug Peterson Monday about that. He said we knew where they were going to line up. Just execution, we we couldn't figure it out. The average was third and four, and it just didn't work out that way, Kai. But uh, they did find a way in those key moments late to find the end zone.
2: And it feels like there was obviously mistakes, you know, that would have been interception by Trevor, the Ridley fumble that went out of bounds. There's things that were not great, but they bounced back from it in a way that you like to see, or even like Cisco got called for that penalty for 15 yards. You know, I mean, whatever you feel about that, he could call for the penalty and then immediately, you know, forces a fumble, basically the next possession it's, It's that bounce back and that resiliency. Obviously, we've seen them do it in a Chargers game, but just to have that continued and in various positions, that's what you want to see in a winning team because things don't go your way, specifically when you're on the road, specifically in week one in situations like that. But it's the bounce back. It's the Doug continuing to go forward on fourth down no matter what the situation is. It's, it's the way they're going about it that has to give you, you know, the good feelings and good promise going forward.
1: Yeah, I thought the third and fourth down conversions was key Especially with the Jaguars' offense, and uh, to me, that's Week One stuff. Uh, Doug said it right after the game: "You're not going to be firing on all cylinders." Whatever phrase he used mm-hmm. in Week One, even even two and three, you're trying to get going. That I, I think that's a an offshoot of the way the preseason is now. You, you know, there's no contact. Uh, you're not quite ready to go quite yet. Um, so I think, again, I just think with Trevor Lawrence. With this offense, they are going to hit a groove and get things really, really going. I don't worry about that side of the ball being efficient, scoring a lot of points. To score 31 when they didn't really have that A game, to do it on the road against – Gus did a nice job with this scheme. I I think Bucky Brooks talked about it a lot last week. Absolutely. That that they were going to have to be patient. It was going to be clunky. It was – you're going to have to wait and and get it going. I um, thought a key thing, and it, so many fans get frustrated when the running game doesn't work, and then the the deluge of emails. They got to take play calling duties away from press. <laughs> They're giving away series. Um, if you're going to run in the NFL, you have to have the patience to believe in it even when it gets 1-1-3 one, one, and three on a series. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, 61 yards in the fourth quarter, I think it was. Yeah, including that long touchdown
0: from ETN at the end.
1: You don't get the Bigsby run that set up the touchdown and the ETN run if you quit on it.
0: Yep, absolutely. And, and
2: also, Doug touched a little bit on this when we heard from him. Just his philosophy with the rookies is easy to say but hard to do where you're like, got to let them learn. and. We, Tank learned, I'm sure, from failure at at points. Yes, um, Sunday, excuse me. And it's easy to say that. Yeah, we want them to learn now, rather than you know in January. But sometimes it's painful to watch, right? You're like, what are you doing out there? And but you can't shy away from it. Doug certainly doesn't, and um, I think it'll benefit them in the long run for sure.
1: I'll say this in Tank's defense, and I know two errors. The catch was not that easy. No, I mean he was kind of twisting. I uh, I get that you I get they led to the interception. Um, I don't necessarily think that every back in the league makes that play easily. So you know, and then the fumble, I, I get there's some situational some situational awareness there, but I'll bet if if you really asked all other 10 Jaguars players aside yeah. from Trevor Lawrence on that play, if they would have acted that much different, I don't know. There wasn't I mean, a lot of it, physical cues from anybody a weird else out there. Play that's right, where the whole vibe felt like it was over, yep. and every every player around you. Imagine yourself in that moment. You catch the ball, and you see the offensive line acting like incomplete pass mm-hmm. because it was kind of a yeah. You know,
2: he probably didn't see it either necessarily, right. so you so would go with the cues of what you're seeing.
1: He'll learn. My guess is next time he's in that situation, <laughs> yeah. he'll be running. Or he'll be down, or he'll be punching. You know, <laughs> something's going Something. to happen. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. Trevor said it after the game. It was kind of unfortunate that it happened to a rookie because a lot of guys would have probably done the same thing. Yeah,
0: because they'll just blame it on the rookie thing. It's really not. It's a. It was just an was odd everybody. play. It yeah. was just weird. Really odd play. Jaguars got it done, though. 31-21 win over the Indianapolis Colts. Division win. Everybody else in the AFC South lost, so the Jaguars are in first place. When we return... A preview of the Kansas City Chiefs coming to town on Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, Kai Stevens. The Jaguars coming off a win in Indy. And now it's a home game. And the Chiefs-Jaguars matchup is presented by Everbank. And what a game it should be. The defending champions are in town. The team that knocked the Jaguars out of the playoffs last year. Beat them twice, in fact. Once in the regular season at Arrowhead as well, the Jaguars have now lost seven straight meetings, including the playoff game to the Chiefs, uh, and they're getting closer. But it's the Chiefs team that is the gold standard of the AFC these days with the quarterback and the play caller and the weapons that go with it. They may not be uh, as stout in terms of weapons as they were a few years ago, but they're still coming off a Super Bowl win. They have horses to do it. The big question this week is, will two of those weapons be available? Travis Kelsey, tight end with a knee issue going into game number one. He did not play against the Lions. He'll have a little extra time to see if he's available. And then Chris Jones, the fantastic defensive tackle, is in a contract dispute. And um, we'll see if that even gets resolved. It might be even too late at this point for him, even if he were to resolve it, to be ready to play on Sunday. Those are questions. That aside, they're still the Chiefs. And they're still a powerful, powerful football team, John.
1: Yeah, and it feels, frankly, like if you if you weren't close to the Jaguars and just looking at this nationally, this feels like a game that the Super Bowl champs figure out a way to get because it's Mahomes, because it's you know, it's the way it works. They lost. Um, for me, for the Jaguars, it if you win this, boy, what a blow you deliver. And, and and what a statement you make. Are they ready to do it? Um, I don't know. A mature team that's really, really ready and ready to flex does it. We'll find out Sunday if they're
2: that team. The opportunity is certainly there, as we discussed, obviously sending the Chiefs to be 0-2. You get a tiebreaker in seeding. Looking ahead, it would be huge. And on paper, they have what I always say is like that first – that first on the road game where it's you know it's either in Florida where it's really hot or it's against the team you play all the time like we just experienced against Indianapolis. There's always something weird about those games. Obviously, we've gone through that in Week One already, but I it it just feels like it might be that way, and I know everyone's probably like don't jinx it or whatever because i know all our jacksonville fans are a little su- superstitious at times but it just feels like it it's there for the opportunity it's there for the taking if they don't win it will be because the jaguars don't execute i don't know if necessarily know if it's going to be because mahomes does mahomes things i think it will be up there for the jags to take
0: and there's been times in the past john to to her point i mean the jags have just been outmanned mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that anymore they, they no. have a roster that can hang with most teams even the kansas city chiefs
1: yeah they can hang with them uh They almost beat them last year. Yeah, and without Kelsey, it's a different offense. It's there. um, You're also playing what might be an all-time quarterback. Yeah. Which always, you know, you say Mahomes won't do Mahomes things. He does those things a lot. And those guys are tough to knock out, even when you've got them in your sight. So it's a mammoth challenge. I I, mean, Jaguars can do it. Um, And that's, you know... It's only Monday. I don't yet have the vision locked in like I did last week. Uh, It's going to be a a dynamite fun week, and uh, it's why you like being around this.
0: It's what everybody's been waiting for. Since the divisional playoff loss last year in Kansas City, the Jaguars entertaining the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, the Chiefs have not started 0-2 since 2014. Alex Smith was the quarterback. Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator of that team. They did rally and finish 9-7 and seven that year, by the way. It's been a while, though, since an 0-2 start in Kansas City, and there would be a lot of question marks around the NFL uh, of what is going on with the Chiefs if that were to happen. Let's make it happen. Jaguars entertaining the Chiefs this uh, Sunday at the bank. Standing room tickets available. Jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. You ready for your first big home game, Kai?
2: I'm hydrating already, as I said last <laughs> week. I'm, I'm a little concerned, but I'm ready.
1: It does have that feel for fans who remember New England 18. Yep. Uh, hot. I, I think it was week two. It uh him. Yeah. It, It's going to have that sort of feel. That's the most energy that I've felt in this stadium uh, until the last two games of last year, so I anticipate that same atmosphere. It'll be cool.
0: Sounds good to me. We'll see everybody this Sunday. That's John Ozier, Kai Stevens. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time on Jaguars Reporters.